Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. In a new series we've begun called Walking in Power. Walking in Power. Jesus said most assuredly, and by the way, when you read in the Bible, the old King James you say, verily, verily, and the new King James said most assuredly, most scholars believe because that, that phrase appears so frequently and all the gospel writers use it, that this was a common idiom that Jesus used. That when he began to speak, he would often say, verily, verily, or truly, truly, or most assuredly, I say to you, he would do that to get people's attention. It would be like us saying, now listen, I'm telling you the truth. So when you see that, you see Jesus saying, now listen to this, this is not a joke, I want you to pay attention. He says, Whoever believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. Now, we know that's qualified, but it's got to be according to the will of God and according to the word of God. But just think about that for a second. Think about that. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, of course, one of the qualifications, you got to have faith that he's done it. Remember, Jesus said in Mark 11, when you pray, believe you've already received it and you will have it. Right. Amen. So if you don't do that, because James 1 says, if you're doubting, don't expect to receive anything from God. So, so we know there are some prerequisites here. But if you meet the prerequisites, he said, anything you ask in my name, I'll do it. So what are you what are you lacking? Because God said he would do it. In other words, he's put the power at your disposal to get what you need. Amen. Amen? Amen. And, 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 and by the way, I'm not saying this to be mean, but if you're not getting it, it's not God's fault, it's yours. Amen. Something you're not doing, something you're missing, because God wants to do for you. Amen? Amen? He wants to help you. Praise God. So we, this is sort of a continuation of, of the last series on discipleship, where we're talking about your identity, how you're supposed to think and act as a disciple, not a casual Christian, but what? A dynamic disciple. Amen. Amen. Now, last time we said there are four characteristics of a disciple, four characteristics of a disciple, someone who is walking in power. Number one, you're identified with Jesus. That is your primary identity, not your race, not your family name, not where you came from, not your favorite team, but your first and foremost identity is with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. And by the way, that's not an easy one, because you know there are people who are more identified with other things than they are with Jesus, claiming to be Christians. Number two, they were relentless. They were always on. Kareem just gave a testimony. Always on, always on. We're on in the, in the, in the restaurant. You know, we're, we're on on the job. We're on in the streets. We're on, I mean, we're just always on. We're always looking for a way to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. If you're not always on, you got to grow into that because that's part of what a disciple is. Number three, they were courageous. Kim Davis is in jail right now. I would say she qualifies as a disciple. Now, they're talking about her past, and she's had several divorces, and, you know, what they're trying to do now is smear her. But we, look, Anybody can bring up anything from a person's past. Amen? Amen? And say, well, he's not all that because look at him or look at what he did. Look, I mean, look, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things become new. Amen? Amen. 
Amen. Amen. And number four, they had power. They had power. They were not walking as kind of impotence. Well, we'll do our best and we'll try. No, they were walking in power. Now, saints, think about this, too. That is so far from what most churches are doing and talking about that you can't even. I mean, it's just not there. You know, they're talking about, you know, trying to be nice. Nothing wrong with that. Trying to be a good Christian. Nothing wrong with that. Make sure you give and tithe. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with any of that. But the disciples were characterized as people of power. When they walked into a situation, things changed because they were there. Amen. And you saw that every single time. Um, uh, Paul, I think, was the island of Miletus. He got on the island of Miletus. He's sitting there around the fire, eating. A thing jumps on his arm and, and bites him. And, the, and the, the natives knew what it was. And they expected him to fall over and die. He shook the thing off and kept going. They said, well, he must be a god. <laughs> What's different about him? He must be a God. You know what Paul did? Paul preached the gospel to him. On a ship, the ship's about shipwrecked, about to be shipwrecked by a storm. Paul said, uh, 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 men, listen, God sent his angel to stand by me last night and told me no lives would be lost if you listen to me. There was no situation in which he was not on. He was on all the time. They took him outside of a city, stoned him. And some people argue he actually was dead because <laughs> he was gone. I mean, they just stood around his body looking at him. He got up and went right back in the city, started preaching again. Power, folks, power. And most of the time, Christians, frankly, most Christians are impotent. They have no power. They just kind of wrestle along and struggle along like everybody else. No confidence. The Bible says, cast not away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of patience, so after you've done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Amen. Glory to God. We just read it. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Look, my spiritual life was revolutionized 20 years ago when God showed me John 15, 7 in a way I'd never seen it before. When he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. And I thought, it was like I never read it before. It was like I never read it before. Wait a minute. You mean anything I asked, Lord? Anything I asked? If it's according to your will, you'll do it. Yes, anything. Well, what's missing? Maybe faith, perseverance, not giving up because things don't seem to go the way you want them to go initially, just holding fast to it. And we're going to get into some of this today. And don't forget this. Start praising God for it the moment you ask for it. Amen. Don't wait until, well, you know, I'm looking. I, I've been praying about it. We'll see what God's going to do. No, the moment you've asked for it, Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, 24, Believe you've received it and you'll have it. So if you believe you received it, what are you doing? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my healing. The thing might not, it may, it may be bothering you more now than it has in the, who knows how long. When you pray, and Lord, heal me. So thank you for my healing, Lord. Thank you, thank you that it's gone. Thank you that I'm healed of that cancer. Thank you that I'm healed of that diabetes. I give you praise and honor and glory for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's, that's real faith, saints. That's real faith. Okay, so go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And, and uh, land on verse 10. Because this is the description of what Christians are supposed to be. What disciples of Jesus Christ are supposed to be. I'll tell you, the more I think about it, and here again, I, I will never say, you know, don't use the word Christian. I, don't, I believe that would be wrong. 
But I'll tell you what, I'm amazed at the people who say they are Christians and they're not. I had a discussion not too long ago with a bunch of Jehovah's Witnesses, well, a, bunch of, a handful of Jehovah's Witnesses. They'll swear up and down that they are Christians. They're not Christians. They're not. They've never been born again. They don't believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, but they'll swear up and down, oh, we're, we're Christians. And they're not. I'll tell you what they're not. They're, they're not disciples of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what they are. They are disciples of the Watchtower Society. That's what they are. See, a lot of our young people, they're disciples of their friends or of the peers or the people that they look up to, the people they admire who are around them. And that, that you know, they're getting tattoos, I gotta get one. They're piercing areas, I gotta do it. They're doing, they're wearing, you know, I mean, that's, that's who's discipling, that's who's pouring into them. And they're trying to reflect what, what, they're, what they're absorbing. But their first identity is supposed to be with Jesus Christ, amen? And pleasing him. Colossians chapter one, verse 10 through 12, read it with me, it says, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work. Now stop there, being fruitful in every good work. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're supposed to be fruitful in every good work. In other words, failure is not part of your vocabulary. Amen. When you set your hands to do something, you're gonna be fruitful in it, amen? amen. But you gotta believe this, you can't walk around telling me, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. You know what you're gonna do, you're gonna lose a lot. Glory to God, fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now read this, first, the beginning of this 11th verse, it says, strengthen with all might. Now, what does that mean? Power, strengthen with all might, not weak, not beat down, not beat up, not, oh, you know, woe is me, and you know, they never, and this and that, and they won't let me, and I, I tried, and no, strengthen with all might, with all might. Do you know the whole world's looking for power? But they're looking for it in all the wrong places. They're looking for power in politics. They're looking for power in business or money. They're looking for power in manipulating people and trying to, you know, men looking for power over women, trying to seduce them, trying to manipulate them, trying to get them to do what they want them to do. People are always looking for power. Here's the power right here. It's the power of Almighty God, not by might nor by power. In other words, not by your might, not by your power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Strengthened with all might, all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. In other words, you know why you can be patient and long-suffering with joy? Because you know you win. You know you win. And you can be joyful when you already know you win. Glory to God. And when that spirit of depression and anguish, I'm not talking about clinical depression. I mean, is it feeling down and discouraged? And, oh, why isn't this happening? You're supposed to be joyful. We're supposed to be joyful. You know, the Bible says, count it all joy when diverse trials come upon you. I mean, think about that. When you, get, when you face a trial, you're supposed to count it all joy. Well, it, it's, but but it, there's a reason. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, and when patience is had, it's perfect and complete work with you, you will come forth uh, uh, perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So in other words, you can be joyful because you know you're coming forth perfect and complete. Amen. And you know you're not going to be lacking anything. You're not going to be lacking anything. Amen? Amen. 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 Says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, what is that inheritance? Go quickly to 2 Peter chapter 1. What is that inheritance? See, because we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, right? 
Amen. That's what the Bible tells us, what the book of Romans tells us, Romans chapter 8. We are heirs of God and we are joint heirs with Christ. Now, you know what it means to be an heir, right? It means that somebody dies and they give you something. They leave you something. Or somebody who hasn't died has promised you something. They say, my inheritance belongs to you. I own this house. I was talking to somebody not too long ago. They said, my aunt, I had a very good relationship with my aunt, and she owned a piece of property with about 16 acres. And when she passed away, she told me, when I pass away, I'm giving it to you. He said, when she passed away, she gave it to me. That, that was my inheritance, okay? So it says, we have an inheritance in God. Except God doesn't die to give it to you. Jesus already died and paid the price and then rose and executed his own will and said, here it is. And I will be here to make sure you get it. Amen? Amen? Amen. So we're his heirs. Glory to God. Second Peter chapter one, verses three and four. Read it with me. It says, as his divine power, there's that word power again, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. Now, wait a minute. Stop and pause on this. All things that pertain to life and godliness. So you know what that says? This nonsense that, well, my Christianity is over here, but this is business. This has nothing to do with that. Or my Christianity is over here, but this is politics. That has nothing to do with that. Or my Christianity is over here, but, but, but this, is, this, is my, this is my workout life. That, this is sports. That, no. It says all things that pertain to life. Does business pertain to life? Amen. Politics pertain to life? Amen. Sports pertain to life? Family pertain to life? Science pertain to Everything that pertains to life. It says he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Nothing's left out. Don't let people talk you into this compartmentalized Christianity. Oh, I'm a Christian in church. And then you get over here and, oh yeah, that, but that was in church. No, 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 no. You are a Christian. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ 24-7. Amen? Amen? Amen. Read the fourth verse with me. It says, by which have given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What's your inheritance? The divine nature. His divine power has given you his divine nature. His divine power has given you his divine nature. Is God weak? No. Is God a failure? Is God being overcome and overwhelmed, I mean, by problems or issues or problems of life? No. I mean, you, do you ever hear God? You think God's ever going to say, oh, my goodness, I don't know what we're going to do about this. Oh, no, this is horrible. No. no. And your inheritance is to have his nature. Amen. That's what makes you different now. That's why you're not the way you used to be. You now have his nature. But you've got to appropriate that power or it won't work for you. Go to Acts chapter 1. Acts, well, you know what? You know what's going, what it's going to say. I won't take time to take you there. You know what Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says? It says, but you shall receive what? Power. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Because this one, you, you would probably know what I'm going to say, but I want you to see it too and read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 20. And just verse 20 alone is all we're going to read right now. Glory to God. See, I don't know what problems you walked in here with, but
But here's the solution right here. Here is the solution. I had a, a, a young man visiting with me, um, and uh, you know, and I say young man, he wasn't really quite a man at that time, just, just a teenager. And I took him up to this small gym we have, and uh, where I try to get my exercise in. And I had the weight set you know, for the maximum, because you, know, you, you work up to that, and once you get there, I mean, it's, it's no big deal. Um, I let him get on the machine, frankly, a much bigger guy than I am with much more potential for muscular growth. And I figured, you know, well, he probably works out. He got on there, and, that, and that, the pounds I had on there, he oh, I can't do that. Why? He's not, he hasn't appropriated the, the powers. It's there, it's within him. He, he can get it. Oh, he can go beyond where I was, easily. But if you're not appropriating it, guess what? You're weak. See, it's, it's a perfect example. Because he didn't appropriate that musculature within him, and he didn't work it, he didn't put it to work, you know, here I am a much older man, but I make him look like he's impotent. Well, the devil makes Christians look like they're impotent because they don't exercise the power God has given them. Amen. First Corinthians chapter four, verse 20, read it with me. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in what? Power, power, power. Now look, let me translate it this way. Let me give you Bishop Jackson's translation. Christians shouldn't be all talk. Amen. Christians shouldn't be all talk. Ought to be something backing up the talk. And there ought to be spiritual power that backs it up. Amen? Amen. So when we pray for people, we ought to get results. Amen. When we speak the word, we ought to see stuff happen as a result. Amen? Amen. 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 Not all talk and no action. So we interact with these folks who are in the world. We want them to know we're not only different because our character is different, our behavior is different, our attitude is different, our values are different, but we got power that they don't have. We can get things done that they can't get done because we are connected to God, and they are not. But they can be, amen? amen. They can be. Stay in 1 Corinthians, flip back to chapter two. Flip back to chapter two. Glory to God, 1 Corinthians chapter two. So we, saints, God wants us to walk in power. Amen, amen. hallelujah. And you ought to get up every day saying, Lord, help me today to walk in your power, amen? amen? Amen. First uh, Corinthians chapter two, verses four and five. Read it with me. It says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. That's Paul talking, of course, but it applies to all of us. So the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. Said in my speech and my preaching were not just persuasive words of human wisdom, but in power. And let me tell you something. Let me just take this moment to say this. You gotta watch what stuff you're listening to on the radio, on the internet. You really do. Because you know, there are a lot of great speakers out there who say some very good things, but if you peel back what's behind it, for example, for years, I used to listen to a speaker, I won't mention his name, but I used to listen to a speaker, enjoyed everything he had to say pretty much, agreed pretty much with everything he had to say, but there was something he wasn't saying because he was of the reform movement and the reform movement believes that God is not moving supernaturally anymore. And so there was, I ended up visiting this individual's church 
And guess what I found? And I didn't understand it then, but I, when I found out where they were coming from, I understood it was so dead. I mean, it was dead. I mean, it was dead. It, it was like, it was cold. It was like a mausoleum. And I said, wow, I would never want to go back. I mean, there was no warmth, there was no love, there was, it was just dead. And the only thing that it was, the service wasn't about an hour and 15 minutes with about a 45 minute message and a little bit wrapped around that, and that was about it. And then I realized why it was dead. Because they don't believe that God is moving supernaturally in anybody's life anymore. And you know, when you believe that, you're gonna be dead. So you start listening to people you know, who say this kind of stuff, who believe this kind of stuff, and before you know it, you know, you'll start, well, I, you know, I, 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 didn't, I, I was believing God, and I, no miracle happened for me. Yeah, maybe they got a point. Before you know it, you got your mind all messed up. You got your, your, your mind is all your thinking, your Christian thinking is all messed up. There's nothing in the Bible that says there was a dispensation in which God said, okay, no more power now, no more supernatural, no more healings, no more miracles. I'm done with all that. Find it for me. It's not in there. So who are you to say, well, well, God, stop that. You know, what you mean is you don't believe it. You're not experiencing it in your life. And so you're just going to try to make that a doctrine. But it's a false doctrine. God, watch who you're listening to. See, you know, the, in the age of the Internet, there's a lot of junk out there. But it, but it masquerades. And, and, you know, very often, look, people are attracted to success. And very often people teaching the wrong things seem very successful. The question is, are they successful in God? I mean, you can, you can look, saints, you remember when Gamaliel told the, um, the, the uh, Sanhedrin court, he said, well, leave these men alone. You know, talk about the disciples, leave them alone. He said, because if this thing is, is, a, uh, is not of God, it will fall on its own. So, but and, but if, it, if it is of God, you can't stop it. You know what? He was only half right. He was only half right. Because in this world, stuff that's not of God succeeds quite well and perpetuates and keeps going on. I mean, Jehovah's Witnesses have been around, what, 130, 140 years? Hot Mormons, about that long too? I don't see them. In fact, they say the Mormon church has got billions of dollars. So he was only half right. If it's of God, you can't stop it. But, but the fact that it's not of God doesn't mean it's going to fall, not in this life necessarily. Why? Because there are always people who, be, be people who will support it. There will always be people who say, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that sounds good to me. That sounds good to me. I mean, I meet people who've converted to some of this stuff, who claim to be Christians and say, well, they obviously they never were. How could you be a Christian and convert to something like that? Amen? Amen. Be discerning about all that stuff that's out there on the Internet and all that stuff that's on television. And, you know, I, we, I was talking to a couple of preachers about this. We say, if you belong to, to a local church, and God tells you to send somebody else a $1,000 seed, you better check your spirit. I'm serious. Why would God have you send away from the place that he put you to bless and to be a blessing, and you're going to sacrifice and do something? I'm not saying it's wrong to give to other organizations, because we do that even as a church. But I'm just saying, you get a word from the Lord, and it's to take a, make a sacrifice somewhere else? Could God, could, God, could God do that? Yeah, he could. But you better check with me. And, and believe me, I'll be honest. If I, if I discern in my spirit that that's what's happening, I, I will tell you, you know what? That bears witness in my spirit. But if it doesn't, I'm going to tell you that too. But of course, most of the time, people don't check if they don't want to be told. 
Don't be told the truth. They just do it. And they tell you later. Yeah, you know, the Lord spoke to me. And then what I got to, oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, you know, because once they say the Lord spoke to them, what they're telling me is, so nothing you can tell me, Pastor. I'm thinking, well, why are you telling me that? All right. All right. Look, power. Walking in power. Stop thinking of yourself as a mere Christian for some of the crazy stuff that that kind of implies. But understand that you are a Christian who is a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 So now power is part of our inheritance. And we talked last time, I want to come back to this, because the Lord impressed upon me to talk a little bit more about prosperity. And let me say something else before I do that. Because, you know, you have the supernatural power to prosper. But here's part of the problem, I think. We don't understand that prosperity is not for you. It's for others. God is not prospering you. I mean, look, God wants you to, to live well, and God wants you to have, and God wants you to be blessed, yes. But not so you can hoard it. And say, look what I got. Look what I got. Look what I built. Look what I have. Look, I'm driving a Bentley. Look, I'm, I'm living in it. No. It's so that you can have all sufficiency in all things and what? Abundance for every good work. Amen. And if you start thinking, well, I want this, I want that, I want the other, and, I'm, I, and, and that's what your heart is on, something's wrong. You're not going to get the blessing of God, the prosperity of God operating in your life that way. If you want the prosperity of God operating in your life, here's got to be your first motivation. Giving. 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 Lord, who can I bless? Lord, I want to do more for the ministry. I want, I want to do more for Bishop and Sister Jackson. I want to, I want to do more. There's, there's a brother in the church who's not doing that well. Lord, how can I do that? And by the way, the way to do that is not to go give them money. The way to do that is come to me and say, Lord, really laid on my heart, I want to bless this brother, and then give it anonymously. Yeah, right, exactly. Because then politics of giving don't get in the mix. And who owes who for what they did for them and all of that. See, that, that's, that can get dangerous because people can use money to manipulate others. But your first priority ought to be giving. Giving. Amen? Amen. And when you get that right, look, God will bless you with stuff. I mean, he just does it. He just does that. But make your first priority giving, advancing his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. Go to Galatians uh, 3.20. Well, no, don't go there. But you know what Galatians 3.29 says? You go over to Genesis 17. Galatians 3.29 says, If you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Right? Galatians 3.29. You don't have to go there. Go to Genesis 17. If you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. By the way, I don't care what you need. I don't care what you need. God will give it to you. But here's the thing. Here's why a lot of Christians don't get supernatural blessings. Because you know why? Because we do natural things to get what we want. We just figure, I, I, well, I got to wait on God. I just do this. And that can be a big, big mistake. Because what you do is you sort circuit, sort short circuit the power of God to operate in your life by figuring out what you can do on your own to get what you want. Are you all hearing me? Amen. 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 So, so you want, you, you know, you need, want or need a nicer car. Maybe the car you got is not, not working out well for you. But maybe you're already upside down in the thing. Now you could try to figure out a way to finagle and, and scheme and, 
and figure out what you can do. And, and all, instead of just saying, now, Lord, you see the situation I'm in. I put this before you. I'm believing you for this. I'm asking you for it. I, I put my faith in you. And, and, and Lord God, you just show me what you need to show me. I, I'll, I'll obey you. I'll follow you. And boom, you watch God work that thing out in ways that you couldn't even imagine to do. You couldn't even imagine to do.